When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. My favorite, it's Judd's Hockey Show. Welcome into Judd's Hockey Show, a post-game edition. Uh, Wild falls to 0-3. The only good news uh, in tonight's game is at least they didn't give up seven goals. They gave up six and a 6-3 loss to the Colorado Avalanche. Third consecutive home defeat. Um, Declan, I think we should start here. Um, As much as Dean Everson might try and defend this or or twist it towards a team thing, Mm -hmm. um, I think concern one is just crystal clear. It's in goal. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury starts the first two games, is lifted after the first period, gave up four goals against the Kings on Saturday night. Um, Philip Gustafson, who was brought in from Ottawa in the Cam Talbot trade, replaces him, gives up three goals, and then tonight uh, gives up five of the six goals. There's an empty net goal included, including, I think, about two or three really questionable goals. Uh, It's three games. It's a long year. I get that. Mm -hmm. But at some point in time here soon, the Wild, had, the Wild certainly did enough tonight to win against a good team at home, but this is the type of game that you should win. And goaltending to me right now is three games in, a legitimate concern that we have to address. Yeah, it, it, it's not a sound the alarm completely situation, but it's definitely, I think, cause for panic with just how poorly the goaltending has been, whether it's been a Marc-Andre Fleury through the first two games or Gustafson in, in tonight's performance. Um, I don't think Gustafson played in a position – to lose the Wild the game necessarily, but he certainly didn't help them bail them out with the win. And when you're 0-2 and you're allowing a lot of goals, you'd like to see your goaltending kind of bail you out here and there. And we've yet to even see something remotely close to that. Um, this team is the only team in the NHL that hasn't played with a lead yet this season. Yep. Um, they have showed resiliency at battling back. They have showed moments where they've been able to get there, and their power play's been successful. Matt Boldy's been good. There's actually been some bright spots, but honestly – a lot of those positives are all for naught because their goaltending and their defensive zone play has just been so atrocious that it has them in an 0-3 hole and, uh, and, and in a tough spot to start the season. Yeah, and tonight the, the goal that got, got me, and there were a few that I thought were questionable goals, but the goal that you absolutely can't afford is uh, in the second period, the dump in by McKinnon. The defensemen do their job and try and take their, their man and, of course, assume that Gustafson is going to cover the puck or play the puck. And he, yeah, it takes a weird bounce, but guess what? It's National Hockey League. There's weird bounces. And instead of covering the puck, he muffs it, basically. Mikko Rantanen sneaks in there and scores. And the, the problem is this, in my opinion, with the goaltending so far. The glasses are off yeah, now. Um, the problem is very simple. It's deflating. Saturday night, how many times did, you cu- did they come back, the Wild, from one, you know, 
They're down two. Now they're down one. Now they're down uh, two again. Now it's down one. And they eventually come back and tie that game at 6-6. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's a weird game, but that's the type of game that you can then steal. And what happens? The Kings inevitably come down and score. And, yes, the, the defensive coverage on Saturday was awful. Uh, tonight I thought it improved. But, my God, you need your goaltenders to make saves. Like, they need to make some big saves. And in the case of, of the goal that we saw by Rantanen, mm-hmm. I, I mean, you can't muff that puck. I know it's difficult, but you can't. And, and that's the type of thing that is just a deflator. And so, yes, there, there's a lot of things that we can talk about that this team is not doing well. Uh, they're playing like they played a long, play, a long playoff stretch. Like, they look yeah. tired at times. Yep. And as Everson said in his postgame, they're doing some brain-dead stuff that ordinarily happens perhaps when you have the big chalice to celebrate with, not a first-round exit. I am baffled at some of the stuff, but goaltending to me Thursday night, I think I put Flurry back in goal. And, yeah. I mean, you've got to get yeah. him right quickly because mm-hmm. if you don't, um, this is going to continue to spiral. You've got to get more from your goaltender. It's, it's buffoonery. I think Dean in the postgame used the word brain dead um, from top to bottom too, from mm-hmm. the coaching staff to the players to yeah, self-awareness in your own zones. Um, I mean, taking a too many men penalty when you have a delayed penalty um, is is almost hard, impossible to do. I don't think I've seen um, it before. I haven't seen I don't it. Recall. I don't it happen. I haven't seen it happen in person before. And, and there was no argument from Dean. There was no. Um, uh, we got screwed in that situation. That was a complete sabotage. Shoot yourself in the foot area. On Flurry, yeah, uh, you have to go back to him immediately. You have to get him right. He's the veteran goalie. He's the Vesna winner. He's one of the most decorated goalies of all time. So it's not going sticking with Gustafson, and, and the plan was for Flurry to be the guy. So you have to get Flurry right here. You ha- and the comparison I gave you and Mackey um, about a few weeks ago and a month ago when we were previewing this season was, you know, goaltending is very similar to putting in golf. And to be honest, there's been a lot of good, if you want to relate this entire wild season to a golf game, mm-hmm. um, there's been a lot of positives in your game. Well, if you can't hit your putts, it's going to be a long day on the course. And that's that's literally been the case. Special teams has been great. Your superstar players in Kaprizov and Matthew Boldy have showed up. Um, but your goaltending has been the sole reason, I should say the biggest chunk of the reason why, um, you are 0-3 on the season, and it's it's basically you have it, it's, it's do or die now. I mean, I know Dean Dean is preaching this that hey, we're, this is happening early. You we can still rebound. It's not happening at game you know right. 65 or 40 in the season. Right. But it's not exactly the best spot to be in when you're trying to set the tone. You're trying to come off a very big 114 point season, and there's high expectations, and you start 0-3 like this. Yeah, it's it's definitely a cause for concern. Yeah, and, and at some point in time, you have to start to get points. So so like yeah. That, that's always the tough thing when a team gets off to a bad start and you still think that they're a pretty competent or good team is like, yes, you, yes, it's smart to preach, don't panic. Uh, but at some point in time, a bad start becomes a lengthy thing, and, and then you can't just dismiss it. But, yeah, I think the goaltending has to get right. The defensive coverage has to get right. Um, this team is far too reliant on being smart to mm-hmm. play like this. Like they're again, they're playing like they made a playoff run. They are playing like like they were on on the lake with the Stanley Cup all summer long enjoying enjoying surly furiouses. Um, I do like a surly furious though. I do too, but at some point in time you got to pull that back and say, "Gentlemen, we were eliminating the first round." And and you know, if we don't get this right fairly quickly, it's going to become a problem and 
tonight's too bad. So I thought the Rangers game, they just flat out didn't play well. Right. Like, they just stunk. Yep. The Kings game, they scored a lot of goals, but were just hugely irresponsible, like through the neutral zone in their zone. Uh, tonight, I really thought that they could win. I, I mean, they played well enough to win. Mm-hmm. And and again, if your goaltender get, gives you a few good saves, guess what? You're playing with a lead. Now you're not chasing a game. And so uh, tonight, to me, of the three games, is the most disappointing because this is one where the defending Stanley Cup champion came into your building, and you really did have a chance to win, and you still couldn't win. Uh, Dean used the word anxiety when when this is starting to set in, when you kind of are shipwrecking yourself and you're making a lot of those brain-dead decisions that he said. Um, that comes down to an anxiety area. And, and so now when, when you're not playing with the lead and you're pressing a little bit because you got off to a slow start and things aren't going your way and you're taking boneheaded penalties where you're shooting yourself in the foot, um, you start walking on eggshells a little bit. It's kind of like when you get in trouble as a kid and you keep doing the same damn thing, and you're trying to be better, but then your other older brother still gets you into trouble. Maybe I'm just speaking from past family experience here. Yeah, I didn't have one, so but it, it I have also, a sister, but not it, it also kind of reminds me of how the Wild are playing, that you, you kind of have this monkey on your back, and for whatever reason, you're, you, you are throwing the monkey away. You're trying to do it, but then there's something about yourself that is sabotaging your own self. Well, so. yeah, and you're right, though. I, I mean, you cannot have uh, – you could tell Dean wanted to say a lot more, but he wasn't going to, mm-hmm. you can't have a, an extra guy jump on the ice when you're about to get a penalty in a game that I believe at the time you're down by one goal. Yep. Like, you can't have that. That can't happen. I don't think I've seen it happen. Um, so, yeah, that's the type of thing where I'm sure internally he's furious, and he should be. Mm-hmm. He's not going to talk about who screwed up or why they screwed up or blah, blah, blah. Because when he said it's always coaching, it was very clear that he was basically taking the sword and just stabbing himself. Like, yeah, yeah okay, I got to take the fall for this. Um, and I think goaltending, too. I mean, there's no way that he's going to watch that film and privately say, you know what, Gustafson's not a fault for a lot of these goals. Right. So, like, there is a lot going on here that he's going to do his best to deflect or defend his team. Um, let's talk about the lines because the lines yeah. got mixed up. Yeah. Your, uh, first line, your thoughts, Tyson Jost playing between Zuccarello and Kaprizov with Ryan Hartman demoted, I guess, to the – to the right yeah. wing on the Greenway line uh, with Felino, who I thought played really well tonight. Yeah, it was interesting that Tyson Jost got the call up there, and maybe that was to try to get Hartman going, I guess. I, I actually like Jost a lot more as a winger than I do as a center. Um, he was the 10th overall pick. I told you that I kind of had high expectations for him this season just because he now gets an opportunity with Kevin Fiala gone and less being logjammed and him getting out of that fourth-line role, and then he has a really good preseason. So I understood why he gets a promotion and gets a look there. Um, but in general, um, I was a little surprised they gave him the run at center. I will be actually a little surprised if he's still there, I think, on Thursday night. That's team, maybe, you think? Yeah. Playing I mean, his old they, club? They could they could potentially try to, yeah, they're trying to get him sparked to, to play Colorado, and I get that. He he was he did a great piece and sits down with Michael Russo, the athletic, and talked all about that, that his departure from Colorado is really hard on him. So I completely understand the self-motivation parts there, too. Um, you know, I don't want to say it doesn't matter who plays between Kirill Kaprizov and Matt Zuccarello, but it's clear that their chemistry right now is still off the charts good. Yep. We're seeing that on paper from last season. We we're seeing that play out already this year. So it, it you have to find, though, someone that's really solid there in the middle that isn't a complete liability. And for whatever reason, um, I, I don't know what, what what's up with Ryan Hartman's game, um, but he, just another really poor performance. Uneven? Tur- yeah, turnovers. Not, yeah, yeah, he made one in... in 
the neutral zone in the second period mm-hmm. that was just a lazy – like he's making dumb plays. Yeah. And ordinarily, like the one thing that I always thought is he's a really smart, responsible player. Um, he, he, he also had some chances tonight – but yeah, he has been he is off to a awful start. It's terrible. I, I'm with you. I don't think Jost is if he's a center, he ain't a top line guy. No. Um I thought among the forwards, Felino played well. Yep, he had a good game. Goudreau had an unbelievable chance, which could have tied the score right before Colorado scored its fifth goal, which I think he tried to get too cute. Yeah, um, I think Dean likes the fact that Goudreau gives him consistency, and he's playing the wing now, so it's not as... Now, Now, what was intriguing about that was on Saturday night when they took Hartman off that top line, they actually moved Goudreau to the first line center. Um, but defensively, here's a guy. Here's some good news. I believe tonight that we saw the first time uh, Kalen Addison really oh, yeah. ran the power play. He's mm-hmm. been there for the first two games. Tonight, I think someone said, Kalen, you are on the first power play to shoot the puck. Uh, Xcord a tip-in on a power play goal that, that he shot on. And I thought tonight was the first time that I really saw him take control as the quarterback of that power play, and it looked good. Yeah, I mean, from the positive in this game, I think he, he was one of them. And this power play still is clicking. It was 4 for 10 coming in the day, a couple more power play goals, at least one more today. Um, and, and Kalen Addison was the guy behind there. And, and, look, we were kind of trying to figure out if that dude could even make the roster again because he was kind of logjammed on with, with a lot of good blue liners on this team. But he's been the quarterback, you know, the, the quote-unquote quarterback on that power play. And his vision, um, his ability to pass the puck is pretty damn good. You saw why you know Bill Guerin traded for this guy now almost three year, three four years ago, because uh, once he got an opportunity to play at the NHL level, you knew that his play could translate onto the power play. And man, yeah, he's a special kid. I mean, he's been one of the ones through three games that you can really look at and say, man, he's actually performing. He's living up to his expectation. There's no pressing there. He's been a damn good player for them on the power play, and he belongs here now. Like yep. that's the nice thing. I think it's very clear cut that this kid. Belongs here now. Now here's the question: Once he gets to 1,000 games, does does he does Alex Goligoski belong here? Because you know what, I've been underwhelmed by his start, and he, he's what his game if he if and when he plays, and I'm sure he will Thursday against Vancouver will be the milestone game 1,000, right? Uh, to your point about that, I wonder if they start to scratch him if John Merrill comes back. Uh, the other one to me tonight, which it was crystal clear that he didn't really play well, Matt Dumba's off to a, yeah. a funky start. Now, he did have, I think he had four shots on goal on Saturday. Yeah. Minus two tonight. Now, a lot of guys were, so that that's not, but I mean, he had one opportunity, I think, in the high slot to like get off a Dumba bomb, which we've been saying, now, yeah. yeah. And I, I don't know if he toe-picked or what, but he never got the shot off. Um, you just need more here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think him, I think Addison and Middleton have looked really well. Um, you know, Spurgeon a little up and down too. Just I don't know if it's just getting his legs right, just being in the right areas too. Um, but Dumba, I think that's where you kind of take the good with the bad. Sometimes, sometimes he has these off nights where he isn't shipwrecking the game by any means, but th- there's more that he could certainly give. And that's why <clears throat> when you see someone like Kalen Addison, who's you know this offensive moving defenseman, who obviously Cal McCarr is the gold standard that we saw in Colorado tonight. Um, yeah. But you, you see that t- type of new defenseman in the NHL, and you like to see guys like Matt Dumba, who have now played like 500 plus games, that you'd think that they could be able to be the guys that can also do that, like Cal McCarr and. Kalen Addison was good, but you think you need a. I think you need a little bit more still from the defensive blue line as a whole too. Absolutely, Erickson Eck, um, a goal t- tonight on the tip-in that we talked about. Six shots. 
I think in two of the three games he's looked really good too. So mm-hmm. like, and and I mean he's still you know in, in this game ideally matched up against McKinnon's line as well. So I, I actually thought that 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 line played well. Um, I want to get to to the the guy that didn't play though because this one I just don't get. And we've talked about it uh, on Mackie and Judd today, but now that now that Marco Rossi was scratched, mm-hmm. I'd love to know what they're really doing here, and I'd like to know if he did something wrong, if he just had a bad game, because I don't understand when I look at the center at the depth chart and yeah. who's playing. Um, I understand Rossi's game might not be, or certainly is not where they want it yet, but I don't understand how when your team is struggling, sitting a young man who clearly has skill and is a high draft pick. This ain't you know the 29th pick. This is what the ninth pick of that draft. Uh, I guess I'd really like to know the philosophy of what they're trying to get. And if they're going to scratch him, I really want him not here. I want him in in Iowa. I want him playing somewhere. I don't think this helps. And this whole fourth line thing to me now makes no sense because that's the fourth line. He either – I don't understand how he can't take Sam Steele's place. I don't get how how you can't give him a shot with a top, you know, two line. I just don't understand the thinking – and if it's if it is what it appears, I don't agree with it at all. Yeah, I mean the fourth line's barely playing. I mean uh, Mason Shaw, Brandon Duhame with six seven minutes tonight. Um, Marco Rossi, you'd like to think could be someone that could slide up there. Like if they're going to try Tyson Jost up there, who who in my opinion is just more naturally fit as a wing, why not try your top line guy? And they did that at the end of the preseason, right? I mean they they gave Marco Rossi an opportunity, a golden opportunity to center that top line and and see what hey are you ready for this kind of opportunity. I mean, I, I would still try to go and find a room for him. I mean, do do you put him back into the lineup now that he's, like, in this doghouse, though? But, like it, it's I, more, but I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, then if he, if he, if they don't think he can play, then don't have him here. Yeah, like, I, I, I hate this. Yep. I hate this. Like, what are you doing? And by the way, are you really playing well enough to bench him? No. Yeah, like, yeah he, he should be playing. He and, should be thriving. And correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't Sam Steele a jag? Yeah, he's he's fine. He's, he's just a guy. Yeah, he's fine. He's just a guy, though. But I mean, he's taking up valuable right. playing time. Uh, and I guess here's my question: Why can't you flip flop Steele uh, Steel and Rossi mm-hmm. and move Steele to the fourth line? Like Sam Steele seems to me to be a guy. Yeah, just looking at even the distributions of the minutes in the line chart. So, like you know, guys like Kirill and Matt Zuccarello are playing 20 plus minutes. You yep. know, Joel Eriksson-Eck played 22 minutes. Uh, Marcus Foligno uh, was able to log over 15 minutes it's just there's a big gap in the range of their distribution their minutes they, they don't trust their fourth line right now which is weird because i feel like last year like brandon duhame was a reliable that. fourth liner yep. they rolled fourth lines evenly and, and that doesn't mean that your fourth line was offensive octane and i think teams are getting more and more used to rolling four lines but right now like for whatever reason dean doesn't trust that fourth line it feels like and and i'll put this on dean it feels like the, the the words that he used in the post-game press conference, what, anxiety, yeah. and tight and stuff, it feels like that applies to him as much or more than the players. Mm-hmm. Like it's like he's saying, I can't play my fourth line. i got to get matchups. i got to win this game. i got to win this game. I gotta well, I mean, to me, unless he absolutely, unless I haven't seen it and he's just not good, Marco Rossi is going to give you a spark. Yep. He's young. He's dynamic. And I will say this for him. In the preseason games, what impressed me the most is he was way stronger than I thought. Mm-hmm. Like, he was on the puck. Yep. And, and I mean, he, he's not Kaprizov, but he was on the puck. And, I, you know, I guess unless they just say, you know what, we made a mistake here, this really confuses me because it seems almost panicked. Oh, we got to play the veterans. we got to play. I mean, again, Sam Steele. You know, Tyson Jost goes to the first line. Yeah. Give me a break. 
That's very Guardy-like. What, what did you make, too? Uh, we, I mean, we literally walked out of that press conference right onto this microphone within literally minutes. So we, we just got out of that interview. We came over here to jump on the YouTube channel. By the way, hit the subscribe button for Daily Minnesota Wild Entertainment. we got people hanging out in the room right now. So hit the subscribe button for Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment on this YouTube channel. What did you make of Dean Tugana saying that, you know, we're going to give the guys a day off tomorrow. Relax. Don't think about it. They had this charity event yesterday that, you know, so an external thing, some bowling Real thing, whatever. Bowlers, but yeah. but but tomorrow is supposed to be a do it, you know, do whatever the hell you want kind of day and then come back to the rink, obviously, on Wednesday, be ready to work and hopefully snap the losing streak on Thursday. So I think it's sort of weird. And here's my so here's here's why. So when Dean brought up we're brain dead and we're not doing things smart, and he's obviously frustrated with the players. He's just not going to. And I don't blame him. Um, it, it's certainly not time to throw your team under the bus. So I think he's being smart. But it's why I asked him the question. I'm like, are you surprised it's happening now? Like, you just yeah. started your season and you're making mistakes that that look like your team is tuckered. Again, it's like they made a playoff run, which, of course, they did not. Um, but, I mean, it's like the team is, is in the dog days now where – because, you know, these slumps happen. Like, this slump yeah, is not like, oh, my God, it never happens. Right. It, but, but the problem is it happens at the start of the season, and now you're sitting there with zero points. But um, I, I don't know – I mean, Dean seems uptight to me. Mm -hmm. And so, like, this might work. It might be fine. Um, Here's what I wonder, Dex. So to that point, too. You know, the last two games, the Wild has made comebacks. And every time they're close, they're close, they're close, we get a goal against. And inevitably, you you say in the sport, you really like the guy to stop that puck, right? (laughs) Right. I, I wonder if this is just because it's so deflating to everybody. And guys aren't going to turn on goaltenders, but I wonder if this is like, okay, everyone go and clear your head and hope to God Flower comes back on Thursday and can play well. Because, like, this does seem – it does seem like a sort of a – I don't want to say desperation, but it seems like a Hail Mary idea for how to stop this. Yeah. Because you're playing stupid hockey. So why would you give them the day off like they're tired when they're not tired? You need a you need a stopper situation with Flurry on Thursday. You you yeah. need a two one win. You don't you don't need to go out and, and the Wilds the Wilds offense actually has been mostly fine this year, right? I mean when you just look at from the thirty thousand foot view, the power play has been good. Um, five on five, they've been all right. Like they've been able to score goals. Their goaltending has been what's yeah. absolutely the first game them. was bad. Yeah, the last two. The, so so if you absolutely. go out on Thursday and win a one nothing you know grind fest or a two one low scoring game, I mean that that's what you would like to see. You need your goaltending to just rise up and bail you out, even. You know, we, we talk about these random hockey games sometimes where you get outshot and, and by 3-1, to one, but your goaltender steals you a game. Yep. Can that be something that can happen on Thursday? That's, that's what you need to win. I mean, you need, you'll take the win however you get it on Thursday. I agree But with I you. think in the terms of getting this back on track and getting it back on a sustainable track, it's a 2-1 win where Flurry absolutely bails you out with a magnificent performance. Or, a, or like a 7-1 win. Like, right, but, yeah. but, but, I mean, yes, I, I'm totally with you. He yeah. has to come out Thursday. It's, it's going to become – so – the season's not lost. I totally get that, okay? But I think to what you're saying and where I completely agree with your point is this. At some point in time, um, somebody is going to soon hit the panic button. Because, yep. I mean, we've talked about Like, this is not a new, this is not a new conversation. Mm-hmm. When Talbot got traded and, and they picked Flower, everyone sort of said, okay, that's an interesting choice. Right. The guy's going to be 38 in November. And so at, at some point soon here, like if he comes out and struggles again, because Gustafson is a, a he's two. A he's a two. Like, yeah. this is not a 1A, 1B. Um, but if he struggles, if Flower struggles again on Thursday at some point in time, pull the alarm. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, it's going to get concerning because it's deflating. Yeah. It, it's just deflating. Uh, and, and I think that's what's more concerning. It's the fact that 
hey, it's a gamble to trust a 38-year-old, whether it's a Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame or not in Marc-Andre Fleury. Um, but you need him to be better. And, and the Wild are banking on the fact that he can return somewhere in the middle of the floor of last season of what yep. was basically an average goalie to him being a Vesna guy who he yep. was just two years ago with Vegas. So can you find something in the middle that's stable that isn't shipwrecking games for you? Jen has a great question here because I think people assume the answer, and I think their yeah. assumption is, is not correct. Uh, what, do, what does the Wild do if the goaltenders continue to suck, she says. Um, here's the thing. Jasper Wallstead, in my opinion, is not coming up anytime mm-hmm. soon. Like, if he's playing great in March and he's off the charts, okay, I still don't think he comes up probably. But anyway, uh, right now, I think if you if Flurry continues to struggle, and I mean, this is not – he's flustered. He's flummoxed. He's, this is not just a little – I mean, in the locker room on Saturday, he was like – he talked, good for him, but he was shaken. Uh, I think you're going to have to make a trade for one. I, I, I think you're going to have to at some – I mean, you can't punt the season. No. Like, you can't have him continue to struggle. And I guess the question then for Bill Guerin becomes, how long can you put up with that? Yeah. Um, you know, there's a difference between having a rough game and, you know, goal four on Saturday was a sieve. Mm-hmm. Uh, tonight we saw a couple more just really awful goals. So, like, at some point in time, if this continues to go sideways, you're going to have to look. And I'm not saying that you're go- going to, to go get Terry Sawchuck or Glenn Hall, but you are going to have to look at – and options, and I do not think Jesper Wallstead is a realistic option. Uh, I, I would say probably by the Thanksgiving time, if things aren't fixed, then you have to. If you're in desperation, which is there. soon, yeah, like that's the, that's a scary thing. Now, I, I don't think that Dean would call up Wallstead either, but he also has, uh, and and I defaulted more of yeah, he has the awareness of we're not going to put that kid in a horrible situation that we're going to ask him to be someone that he's not ready to be yet. But also, it, it wouldn't completely shock me if he if he had to do that because at that point. If you're that desperate for goaltending, it's hard to find someone else. Other teams are going to be knowing that you need it, so they're going to well, be driving up the asking price. It becomes yeah. a lot more difficult. Here's my guess. If by if by Thanksgiving the goaltending mm-hmm. is still scuffling or just flat-out struggling, which it might not be, but anyway, my guess is a Dubnik type of trade. Yeah. Because, I mean, the Dubnik trade didn't – we we weren't all That's like, true. oh, my yeah. God, you got Devin Dubnik. Dubnik. <laughs> How did you appeal? So, like, there are guys out there. Yep. Uh, and, that yeah, I mean, you're not going to get uh, quick. You're not going to get, you know, Shisterkin. You're not going to get a great goaltender. Uh, but I think that, that it would be a very similar trade to where the fan base basically says who, but it's an improvement on what you've got right now. Yes. Yeah. Hopefully it's not a problem. Yeah, hopefully it isn't. But, yeah, they have to get it fixed quick because, I mean, every, I mean, most of the other things are fine here. Like, you know, they, they, yeah, is Ryan Hartman off to a rough start? Sure. Yeah. What are they doing with Marco Rossi? That's kind of intriguing. Kirill Kaprizov's been great. Boldy's been great. Kalen Addison has been awesome. Your power play is finally where it should be with this personnel. So m- this literally all comes down to just very, very poor goaltending and defensive play in general. Exactly right. All right, I'm done. You you done? I'm done too. Yeah. No, we wanted to we, we want to do something. We haven't done a live show yet, and we were hoping for an epic wild. Well, we appreciate we folks we uh, that one. Uh, c- coming into the room though. Yeah, we did. We did. Very nice of you. To appreciate show up. you guys Thank for you hanging folks. out. Hit the subscribe button for daily Minnesota sports entertainment. This is Judd's hockey show. We uh, want to see the Vikings hopefully win a Stanley Cup before we die. Or actually, we oh, just want to see a goalie. Stanley Cup. You said the Vikings. I said the Vikings. The Vikings. Always, the Vikings have taken. I tweeted this out. The Vikings have taken all of the Wilds. Potential good fortune, yeah, and stolen it from them. And that's why they are five and one, and the Wild is zero and three. Short term model. We just want the Wild to have a goaltender that stops the puck. I think let's just Amen, let's, let's go with that. Hit the subscribe button. We'll be back uh, soon. Your dog is more than just your bestie with the cutest face ever. Get to know them on a genetic level with Embark Vet. 
developed by veterinarians and PhDs, Embark screens for more than 215 genetic health risks across more than 350 breeds. It's top-notch science for your top-notch pup. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA, that's DNA, to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today.